0: This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Plated Earth, where we share at least a fraction of the crazy, wonderful, and insightful stories of produce. I'm your host, JJ. Plated Earth is also the official podcast of the Specialty Produce app. Please show your support for us and Specialty Produce by downloading the app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. So what's on our plate today? Rhubarb. Rhubarb signals the coming of spring, as the green and red shoots poke through the frozen ground, the earliest of spring vegetables. Yep, rhubarb is botanically a vegetable, though because it is most often cooked down with sugar for pies and jams, it is thought of as a fruit and is even nicknamed the pie plant. It was even classified by a New York state court in the 1940s as a fruit for taxing purposes. This allows imported rhubarb to pay a smaller duty than if it were classified as a vegetable. Rhubarb is the edible stalk portion of the rhubarb plant, a big, old-fashioned plant with huge, ruffled green leaves, and is a member of the buckwheat family. The stalks range in color from light pink to ruby red, or even shades of yellow or green. The appearance and texture is often compared to that of celery, while the flavor is tart and astringent, hence it is often cooked down with sugar to make the flavor more palatable. Only the stalks of the rhubarb plant are eaten, as the roots and leaves are toxic with no safe culinary use. This fact was, unfortunately, learned the hard way, as the leaves were served as greens in England before their poisonous reputation became known. The deadliness is due to high concentrations of oxalic acid, an organic poison and corrosive found in many plants, but in considerably large amounts in rhubarb leaves, perhaps among other toxins too. The stalks do contain oxalic acid as well, but not in any harmful levels. Hence, the stalks are safe to eat. The levels in rhubarb leaves vary depending on the variety and the stage of growth. And of course, a certain large amount would need to be consumed to provide a lethal dose. Very rare. However, it is simply advised to not consume the leaves in any quantity whatsoever to also avoid stomach irritation and kidney problems. Better safe than sorry, right? In addition to their varied levels of oxalic acid, rhubarb varieties also vary in color, taste, medicinal merit, yield, and date of harvest. There are over 100 different species of rhubarb, most of which are hybrids of the handful of species originally imported from Asia after the Renaissance, and some of which are strictly ornamental. Turkey rhubarb, also known as Chinese and East Indian rhubarb, has traditionally been used for medicinal purposes, while common, a.k.a. garden rhubarb, is meant for consumption. Because rhubarb does hybridize easily, it makes it very difficult to trace the exact lineage of any particular plant. So modern varieties called Chinese rhubarb, for example, may not actually be the same as the early strains of Chinese rhubarb. Like I said, most are hybrids. Varieties are more clearly classified by color as red, green, or speckled, a.k.a. pink. Vigorous red varieties include crimson, valentine, and cherry red. But one of the most common, especially in the New England area, is called McDonald's, also known as McDonald's Canadian Red or McDonald Crimson. The bright red McDonald rhubarb is highly productive and wilt-resistant. A popular speckled or pink variety is called Victoria, which produces long, smooth-ribbed, light green stalks that develop pink speckling, with the pink color being more intense, almost raspberry red at the bottom, and fading to a solid green near the top. Other similar speckled varieties include German wine, known to be one of the sweetest varieties, and strawberry. In fact, strawberry rhubarb is so similar that some people believe it may actually be the same variety as Victoria. A noteworthy green variety is called the Riverside Giant, a cold, hardy, vigorous producer with a large diameter and long green stalks. There is no clear-cut variance in food value among the different varieties, though the pure red color of certain types is aesthetically preferred for some uses. Rhubarb is traditionally cultivated in two ways, field- or hothouse-grown. Field-grown rhubarb typically has dark red stalks and green leaves, while hothouse rhubarb produces pink or light red stalks with yellow leaves. The field-grown season begins in the spring and continues through the summer. Rhubarb is easy to grow and is extremely hardy, with the same roots producing rhubarb for up to 15 years. This cold-weather plant does especially well in northern climates and is grown over much of the northern United States, from Maine to Oregon, though the commercial rhubarb industry is mostly located in the Pacific Northwest and Michigan. It also grows wild in Alaska, where it may even be native, and where the few long summer days help the plants grow five feet, if not taller. Hothouse rhubarb has a peak season in the winter months and is grown using a curious tradition called forcing which was inadvertently discovered in the early 1800s in England. This technique requires cultivating the rhubarb in complete darkness under carefully controlled conditions. The rhubarb plants are taken from the field during winter months and moved into pitch-black sheds or hothouses, so the plant will think it is underground. The room is heated, which then tricks the rhubarb into thinking that it is time to grow. So what does it do? It feeds off of the nutrients and energy stored up in its roots to grow its stalks taller at a fantastic rate, striving to reach up toward the sunlight, which isn't actually there since it isn't actually underground, while the darkness also serves at suppressing chlorophyll production, creating a sweeter stalk. The rhubarb grows so rapidly that if you are real quiet, you can literally hear it grow. No joke. Inside those sheds and hothouses, the rhubarb cells pop and crackle as they stretch and grow into the darkness. And because any strong light could damage the plants, harvesting is conducted at night by candlelight. No wonder this plant is considered old-fashioned. Forced or hothouse rhubarb can sometimes be three times as expensive as garden varieties, and is prized for its tenderness and sweetness. Because of its preferred flavor and status, many refer to forced rhubarb as champagne rhubarb, Not to be confused with an actual variety of outdoor garden rhubarb called champagne. So, rhubarb is now classified as a superfood thanks to its ratio of health benefits to calories. It is low in carbohydrates, high in vitamin C, fiber, calcium, and potassium, and is said to speed up metabolism and aid in weight loss. As I mentioned earlier, rhubarb may be prepared as a vegetable, seeing as it is a vegetable but is most often featured in sweet recipes like pies, cobblers, jams, chutneys, or a sauce like applesauce, and is frequently paired with strawberries. Rhubarb can be used for a traditional English dessert called fool, popular throughout the 19th century in Great Britain and New England, which generally consists of a pureed fruit folded gently into a light tart custard. But rhubarb does show up in soups, stews, or other savory dishes where its naturally tart flavor makes a nice counterbalance to other rich or sweet ingredients. Strong-flavored meats like game, quail, and duck stand up well to the tartness of rhubarb and may be served with a rhubarb puree or jam. But believe it or not, rhubarb's primary role throughout much of its history was medicinal rather than culinary. In fact, widespread culinary use only began about two centuries ago, whereas medicinal uses go back 5,000 years or more. Native to northern Asia, rhubarb has been used since at least 2700 BCE in Chinese culture for trade and medicinal purposes, notably as a gentle laxative, a fever reducer, and as a means of treating a variety of ailments, especially gut, lung, and liver problems. For example, the Wu Emperor of the Liang Dynasty was prescribed rhubarb to cure a fever, and during the Song Dynasty, in the years 960 to 1127 CE, it was prescribed during the times of plague. Rhubarb was in common use among Arabs, Greeks, and Romans of ancient times, being imported into Greece and Rome for medicinal purposes since at least the 1st century CE. Marco Polo is credited with introducing rhubarb as a medicinal drug into Europe in the 13th century after his travels in China. He noted that, quote, the most excellent kind of rhubarb is produced in large quantities, and the merchants who buy it convey it to all parts of the world. In fact, rhubarb as a medicinal drug was so highly regarded and sought after that it could command three times the price of opium in 17th century England. So when Benjamin Franklin sent a case of rhubarb root from London to his friend John Bartram in the year 1770, he was sending it as a medicine, not as a food. And although that famous example is often touted as rhubarb's introduction into America, well, it may really have only been the introduction of a specific rhubarb species. It is also believed that Bartram had received two other species from a different source earlier on, circa the 1730s. Other early records of rhubarb in America claim that an unnamed gardener from Maine obtained seed or rootstock from Europe in the late 1700s. He then introduced it to growers in New England, where its popularity spread. No matter the exact moment of introduction, rhubarb was being sold in American markets by the 1820s, and as Americans moved west, the rhubarb plant went with them. And it wasn't until the early 19th century that rhubarb became a common culinary ingredient. A London nurseryman named Joseph Myatt is credited with creating a recipe for rhubarb tarts in 1824 in an attempt to use up his rhubarb stocks. Rhubarb gained popularity as an ingredient in desserts, in part thanks to the increased availability and affordability of sugar, which was used to mask the tart and bitter flavor of rhubarb. It also didn't hurt that rhubarb was generally ready to be harvested earlier than most other fresh vegetables, which were widely welcomed after the long, bland winter diet of the time. Then, with the accidental discovery of forced rhubarb, came accelerated growth in popularity, Especially since the forced rhubarb was naturally a bit sweeter. Widespread consumption in the UK soon spread to the US in the form of both desserts and even rhubarb wine. Its popularity always remained greater in Britain than it ever was in the US. Rhubarb pie is to England what apple pie is to America, but it also achieved noteworthy admiration in Australia and New Zealand. The rhubarb's popularity grew to a peak just before World War II dropping dramatically as a direct result of the deprivations of war, most notably the rationing of sugar. Since World War II, rhubarb production has picked up, but only to a fraction of its volume before the war. Today's U.S. rhubarb production is primarily outdoors, with relatively little commercial forcing. However, forcing rhubarb is still practiced in England, famously in an area called the Rhubarb Triangle, a nine-mile square area of land in Yorkshire County, with a unique mix of soil and climate, which, in its heyday, supplied 90% of the world's sweet forced rhubarb. Today, Yorkshire is the leader of English rhubarb production, and Yorkshire forced rhubarb now enjoys protected designation of origin status. Just like champagne and Stilton cheese, the name can only be applied to rhubarb that comes from the approved section of Yorkshire. So rhubarb may be old-fashioned, but it is making a comeback. The romanticized ritual of harvesting by candles, in many cases using the very same cast iron torches that were used 150 years ago, is coming back into the spotlight, or should I say candlelight, and garnering new appreciation each year. Well, folks that concludes this week's episode as always you can find more information recipe ideas and local market shares on the specialty produce app tune in next time for more food fables and remember cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education we'll catch you next time